Hey everybody, welcome back to Ubaldi Reports. I'm sure everybody is thrilled to death that the primary season is over. Well, now we head into the general election. On Tuesday, the primary ended with the biggest prize of California. And like I kind of expected, I guess some thought Bernie Sanders was going to be able to win out in California. Well, that wasn't the case. Well, for now, Hillary Clinton is the Democratic nominee for president, and Donald Trump is the Republican nominee for president. Now, both will secure their nomination officially at both their parties' convention in July. The question now remains is, what does Bernie Sanders do? What does he want? Now, today he met with President Barack Obama, and there was speculation that Barack Obama was going to kind of talk to him about easing out of the president race, you know, with dignity and uh, focusing uh, both his and Hillary Clinton's ire on Donald Trump. There are a lot of the Democratic establishments want Sanders out, so Clinton can Hillary Clinton can really focus on Donald Trump. But the question is, what does Bernie Sanders want? Now, there's been talk that he would speculate or he would have Debbie Wasserman Schultz, the head of the De- Democratic National Committee, forced from her position because there's been no love lost between the two. And he felt that she, and with rightfully so, that she supported Hillary Clinton from the from the um, the onset. So, and what else does he want? Does he want to change in the platform? Does he want to change uh, at least a say on who is the um, vice president for Hillary Clinton? So, it's speculation. What does Sanders want? Now he came out of his meeting with the president. He said some sharp rebuff, um, rebuff against Donald Trump. He did mention his core issues: income inequality you know, taking care of all these issues that he championed throughout the campaign. And the question now becomes, where does he go from here? He did say on Tuesday there's going to be a primary in the, um, which I thought would be done, but I guess I I forgot about it. There's going to be a primary in Washington, D.C., in the District of Columbia. And he's going to go through that. Now, the question is, what happens after that? Does he hang on and try to do a floor fight and push his agenda at the convention in in philadelphia that's up to be seen so we'll have to wait and see now on the republican side is donald trump donald trump secured his nomination basically about four weeks ago and now he's the official well not official until the convention but he's the the republican nominee for president since that time everybody would assume donald trump would try to solidify the Republican base, especially the establishment wing, who really didn't trust him that he's going to hold these conservative values. Some of the other issues, Paul Ryan, the Speaker of the House, who's a true conservative who wants to um, hold to conservative values. And he also is looking at the down-the-ticket race, especially in the Senate, because the Republicans have more Senate seats going up for re-election. And since they control the Senate, they're and those seats that are up for re-election are in states that were won by Barack Obama. So he's looking to see where Trump is going. So he tentatively supported him last week. And then for some odd reason, Donald Trump started attacking this judge who's going to preside over the Trump University um, civil case, which I believe comes up in around November, about the time of the election. And Trump just went at him and complained that he's his Hispanic heritage this guy has been ruled wrong before, and he started focusing well on that, even through the weekend when he had the opportunity on Friday when the unemployment report came out, 
which showed very dismal job creation. And he mentioned it in one little tweet, but he focused his whole attention on this federal judge. And it was kind of odd. And a lot of Republicans and a lot of experts, and I'm one of them, was like, why are you focusing so much on this when the biggest issue Americans are facing is the economy? So it's just going to be interesting how this goes. And it, it's kind of rankled a lot of the Republicans, especially I know on Fox News Sunday, Newt Gingrich spoke, spoke out, who used to be the Speaker of the House in the 90s. And he was a big Donald Trump supporter. There was speculation that he could be on Donald Trump's uh, shortlist to be vice president. Criticized him. He's like, I don't understand why he's going that direction. Paul Ryan said it was borderline racism. Um, Senate leader um, Mitch McConnell basically said the same thing. And it was just odd that he would focus on this. But either way, these are the two candidates who are running for for president, Hillary Clinton on the Democratic side and Donald Trump on the Republican side. The question is, and this is the strange one for pundits, both these candidates are really have a about a 60% unappro- um, unapproval rating. They're really despised by most of the public. Hillary Clinton has her detractors as Donald Trump has his. And it's just strange that both candidates from the both major parties have um, such high unfavorable levels. So we've never seen that before. So it seems like this race is going to get nasty. Now on Monday, and it could be Tuesday, but it looks like Monday, Donald Trump's going to lay out some uh, a policy speech, but mainly attacking Hillary Clinton from the email scandal, which the FBI is still going through, the foundation, the Clinton Foundation that received a lot of money from very despicable uh, countries around the world and corporation. They used, as he's going to say, they used their um, political influence as a cash machine to enrich themselves. So this, and then obviously Hillary Clinton is going to go after Donald Trump and she's going to lay out a speech that's going to really highlight his, um, his business dealing and why he would be wrong for the country, especially economically. And she's going to parlay her speech that she did a week ago on foreign policy, well, she really highlighted what would be wrong with the foreign policy of Donald Trump. So basically, I think the candidacy is going to be, I'm bad, but he's even worse. So this doesn't relieve the American people with um, a lot of, of, of choices in this election. It's amazing that two candidates that are just despised got to this point. Now, Hillary Clinton got to this point because there was only two, three, a couple candidates. It was Bernie Sanders. He outlasted. It was Martin O'Malley, the former governor of Maryland, and James Webb. James Webb never took off because he had a more conservative view, and he's not going to make it through the, uh, the Democratic primary system. But then there's Martin O'Malley. He just never gained traction. Bernie Sanders did, but he made some, you know, some would say some mistakes by not challenging early the, the high um, distrustful they have of Hillary Clinton, especially as it relates to the email scandal and the Clinton Foundation. So, And the Democratic Party basically cleared the way for Hillary Clinton. So, And then for Donald Trump, by his personality, he really just sucked up all the oxygen in the room, and the other 16 Republican candidates just never could get traction. So Donald Trump is who we got for the Republicans. So 
Either way, these are the candidates. And barring anything happening with the email scandal, because we don't know what the FBI is going to say. I know the IG for the uh, State Department was very critical, said she broke a lot of rules and laws, especially as the Freedom of Information Act. She was supposed to maintain that um, public disclosure, which she didn't. Then also you got the, the Clinton Foundation, which looks like that's going to be resolved by, by at least by the November. So that's going to be interesting. And then Donald Trump definitely has his business dealings with Trump University. So it's interesting that here are these candidates. One potentially could be under indictment and one's under a lawsuit regarding a fraud. So it's an interesting election. And I don't think any pundit can say either way. A lot of them are gearing it to Hillary Clinton. But you can't say that because Donald Trump, I never thought he would get to this point. So this is where we're at. But on this podcast, we're going to kind of discuss the strengths and weaknesses of both candidates. Again, barring them taken out by these different um, in, um, court rulings or investigations, we're just going to go the strengths and weaknesses. First, we're going to start with Secretary Hillary Clinton. Now, she has a lot of strength. She's been in the public eye for decades. She's extremely knowledgeable on the issues. She really knows the issues inside and out, almost like a policy walk. So I give her credit on that. She does know the issues on foreign affairs because she was Secretary of State. And she was a U.S. Senator. And then when her husband was president in the 90s, she was the one that started his trying to nationalize health care or a universal health care which didn't pass, but so she really is knowledgeable on these issues. Finances in politics, money counts. You're going to need money to spend. The last um, I've heard, Hillary has 30000 on on hand, where Donald Trump has $3 million. Now, Donald Trump is trying to you know raise money, trying to get the Republicans going. Would he self-finance? He does have the money. He definitely has the media, so we'll have to... See where that goes. What I mean by the media, he's just his force of personality. He's entertaining, and that's how he won the Republican nomination. And Hillary Clinton is just not a gifted order. She's not like her husband was. And then again, like I said, she has she has a strong knowledge of foreign affairs domestically. The problem is it's her record. She has a record. Donald Trump doesn't. And when I start with foreign affairs, she was... First of all, a lot of Democrats, and this cost her in the 2008 election, is she voted for the war in Iraq. And a lot of Democrats, especially the liberal wing, more of the Bernie Sanders crowd, can never forgive her for doing that. But then when she became Secretary of State, her record came to bite her. She was there for the Russian reset. That didn't prove out well. The Middle East, China. Now, going back to the Middle East, she was the one that pushed Barack Obama to institute uh, military operations to get rid of Gaddafi and in, a, in an article by Jeffrey Goldberg in the Atlantic called the Obama Doctrine he stated that that was his biggest regret so she does have um, positive inf- I mean she does have the experience in foreign affairs but she doesn't have a track record that even she could point to that says this is my, this is what I did the Iran nuclear deal all these things are just didn't work out so it'll be interesting she has a strength, but then she also has a weakness. Now, on domestically, she was a senator, so she, I would give her credit on that, that she knows how to get the, the things through the Congress because she was there. 
She has a lot of connections with members of the Congress. I would say a weakness is that she's not well liked by some a lot of Democrats, especially the Bernie Sanders wing, and definitely the Republicans can't stand her. So I would be interesting to see, and this goes both to Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. If they become president, how would they get their policy proposals through? Now, the other thing that when it comes to this election that you have to give um, you have to give it to the Democrats is the Electoral College favors the Democrats because the big industrialized states like California, New York, Pennsylvania, Maryland, um, Illinois, Michigan, Wisconsin have all gone Democrat the last few years, last few election cycles. Those states have large electoral votes, California being the largest at 55. New York has 29. Then you go into Pennsylvania, and and it just keeps adding up. And I believe it's well over 200 that they have these these votes. Now, there's few states that are in play. Now, we're, I'm, I live in Florida. Florida is a battleground state. That's 29 electoral votes. The Republicans have to win Ohio and Florida if they're ever going to have a chance to regain the presidency. Now, Donald Trump says that he can flip some of these states. Now, he, he said he could flip California. California hasn't voted Republican since 1988, and it's a solid, solid blue state. So I would be very dubious that he's going to be able to flip that. He may have an opportunity in Michigan and in um Wisconsin, because they both have Republican governors that can help a system, you know, get out the vote and tap into their network. Maryland, I doubt, would be flipped, even though they do have a Republican governor. Massachusetts is another one that has a Republican governor. But it would be very dubious that they're going to be able to flip some of those states. So if they do take Ohio and Florida goes Republican, you may get Virginia, but the northern part of Virginia around the D.C. area is heavily Democratic, and that's where most of the votes are. So Donald Trump would possibly have to flip Michigan, Wisconsin, and potentially he could do Pennsylvania, because Pennsylvania has voted Democratic the last election, a few election cycles, but not by much. And with Donald Trump's anti-trade rhetoric or views, that could be the difference, especially in some of these coal areas, that also could be the difference. So we'll have to see it from there. But now Hillary Clinton does have some weaknesses. And this is huge. Trust and likability. Those are, and that goes for um, not so much trust for Donald Trump, but the likability. No one likes him except for his core supporters. But for Hillary Clinton, most people don't trust her. Now, I talked to two people that I know who are big Bernie Sanders fans. They're young millennials. They obviously are not going to vote for Donald Trump, but they don't trust Hillary Clinton. And when it comes to likability, she's just not well liked. Throughout this campaign season, Bernie Sanders had had thousands at his rally, and you you can feel the energy there. But when you go to a a, a Hillary Clinton rally, they're like they support her. But the enthusiasm is just quite not there. Now, the two biggest areas that when it comes to her, um, well, a couple big areas that come to her trust, one is the email scandal and the, and the foundation, the Clinton Foundation. That really just rankles a lot of people how those were put together. With the email, there's something she should be indicted because of what she did. 
and the Clinton Foundation received money from the most despicable countries around the world and dictatorship and countries all the time while she was Secretary of State. So it's going to be interesting on that. Now, the big thing is the big and the the bed and butter, bed and butter of what Americans want is the economy. Now, on, um, I think it was Tuesday or Monday, she had an interview with Fox's News' Brett Baer, and he was asking her what would she do differently than President Obama as it regards the economy. And she was said she will invest more in infrastructure spending, return manufacturing jobs to the U.S., and climate change. Well, climate change and infrastructure spending – have been the hallmark of President Obama's administration. He said back in 2009 with the stimulus, these are going to be shovel-ready jobs. And then four years later, he said they're not quite as shovel-ready as we thought. And then with climate change, he said that, that that's, that was his big push this whole, this whole eight years. How is she going to be different? And she really couldn't say anything different what she would do to jumpstart the U.S. economy. So that's can it be to be said? And again, she's not well liked. So this falls into the last point. If she became president, because she such has such numbers that are, you know, flip or more people dislike her, she would have a very difficult time governing because now they're not beholden to her because most people dislike her. So how would she get her policies and proposals through a Congress? Even if they take over the Senate, the Democrats control the – let's say they do control the Senate. They're probably not going to get the House. But let's say they did both. They're not, they're not going to enjoy – she will not enjoy what Barack Obama did when he first came in, a veto-proof majority in the Senate and a supermajority in the House. So it would be dubious to see how she would get her things through. Now, Donald Trump. There's a lot to say about Donald Trump. One, he's let's just hit the successes or the the, the strengths. He's a non-politician and an anti-incumbent, anti-establishment mood of the country. This is a big selling point, and he he portrays them that I am not a politician. I dislike this establishment. They are the ones that keep the middle class down. From when it comes to the economy, a lot of people do like his business because he's a business owner. He knows how to get things done. He knows how to create jobs. In the latest poll, he's above Hillary Clinton in creating jobs. But at the same time, that goes back to one of his weaknesses, his business dealings. Trump University, he said he filed bankruptcies four times. But when you file bankruptcy as a corporation, how many small businesses went bankrupt because they were waiting to get payment from uh, the the corporation? Now, Donald Trump has the personal wealth to sustain that. Most small businesses don't. So they can't wait two years to get paid. And how many businesses collapsed or went bankrupt because they weren't getting paid by Trump's corporation? So his, his business dealings have something to be desired. Now, his strength is the economy. But then again, he's given very minimal um policy statements of what he would do. There's really not much on his website. His, he has a tax plan there, but that he flipped, he's kind of gone both ways, said one thing one day and something else another day. So it would be interesting how that would work. His rhetoric is going to kill him. Going back to what I stated when we started beginning this podcast, why he was attacking that judge when he should have been attacking or complaining about the the economy. This is a weakness 
that he has. He's just he doesn't focus on things he needs to focus on. And again, how would he jumpstart the U.S. economy? This is even for Hillary Clinton, which I failed to mention. How would she d- differentiate herself from the Obama economy, which isn't doing all that well? 60% believe we're on the wrong track. How does Donald Trump parley into that? So he needs to start focusing on the economy. That's what more people are um, focused on. But he is very thin-skinned. He went after the lieutenant, excuse me, the governor of New Mexico, Suzanne Martinez, because she didn't support him. He seems like if he, you don't, if he doesn't like you, he attacks you. Well, that's not a temperament that you want as president. And his rhetoric's got to go. Just start being more presidential and start addressing some of these issues. So those are the big liability, the thin skin of himself and his rhetoric, his lack of foreign policy experience. Now. There's only been three presidents who had any foreign policy experience coming into the White House, really. That's Eisenhower, Nixon, and President H.W. Uh, H. Bush, Bush Sr. The last couple of presidents had no foreign policy, no direction where they wanted to go, and they were thrusted into the foreign policy arena for um, through the circumstances. That said, some of his foreign policy stances or positions have kind of raised eyebrows, he says he maybe want to pull out of U.S. troops from Korea and Japan, allow that country to get nuclear weapons. He said the same thing about Saudi Arabia. He's kind of hinted about, well, if Europe doesn't pay its fair share, we'll pull out. So he's been kind of all over the map. So the only way I think he can solidify that is who he picks as his vice president is going to be volumes of how he would run as or what would he, who would he pick on his cabinet. So that's something we need to look at his lack of political experience. Now, that could be a good thing or a bad thing, but he would need to pick somebody who is a vice president who knows Washington, knows how to get things through the Capitol, knows the ins and outs and all the rules, because that would overshadow his his lack of experience. You can't run Washington like a business. You can do certain things. But if you want to get your legislation through, you can't fire a member of Congress or the Senate. You can only use the bully pulpit, and some, that's the way the Constitution was set up. So it'll be interesting how he does that. So I know these are some of the strengths and weaknesses of the candidates, both Hillary Clinton and um, Donald Trump. But the biggest weakness they both have, because they're so disliked by a lot of Americans— How would they get their agenda or their policies through a Congress that's not beholden to them? Because the way it works, if you're popular and your party wants to see you succeed, he's really have this rough, especially Donald Trump has a rough and tumble relationship with the establishment. That means Mitch McConnell and um, Paul Ryan. And even Hillary Clinton is not well liked by some of her members. They're just doing it because they want to keep a Democrat in the White House. There's no great love lost between them. So it'll be interesting how these two candidates who are despised by everybody would run this country. The other thing that's the the last primary is what does the FBI do when it comes back as the recommendation? Do they indict? Do they say the criminal referral? What about the Clinton Foundation? And for Donald Trump, how does his business, de- his Trump University lawsuit go through? Sad to say, this is the candidates we have, and this is what we got to go through. So I would tell most Americans, or I'll tell my listeners, start reading, challenge these two candidates, get as much knowledge as you can, because this is who we're going to get. 
Either way, it's either going to be a Hillary Clinton barring anything from her, a Donald Trump barring anything happening with this Trump University. So this is what we're st- what we have. So we might as well deal with it. So I'll keep challenging these two, focusing on some issues. If you want me to discuss a certain issue, let me know on Stitcher and iTunes. You can sign up for free. Go to my website, Ubaldi Reports. Take a look there. You can you can go to my Facebook page, Ubaldi Reports. Leave a comment, and I'll focus on an issue that you're that you're concerned about. Also, I have a book out called The New Business Brigade, Why Businesses Need to Hire Veterans. It's a bestseller. You can go to Amazon or any of the major books, book distributors like uh, Barnes & Noble, pick it up. You can get a Kindle or a hard copy. Let me know what you think of it. And again, continue to listen to Ubaldi Report as we challenge these candidates for president because this is our country. If we don't, we're going to get stuck with someone we don't like. Again, thanks for listening to Ubaldi Reports. And until next time, Take care and keep following.